Hi guys, thanks for joining me. Today I would like to share a little bit of information about someone named Jimmy Hoffa. Now I don't know if any of you are familiar with him or even cared to really read about him. And this is one of those things where every once in a while I get curious and I might start reading about it, about what happened to this guy. I didn't really know too much about who he was and why he was famous until recently this movie came out called The Irishman. So apparently what this movie was about is about this man named Frank Sheeran who befriended Jimmy Hoffa. Um, Frank Sheeran was hired by the mob like uh, as an assassin. It's said that he killed 32 people for the mob in his uh, career. And um, he, him and Jimmy Hoffa became buddies. Jimmy Hoffa really, really liked Frank. And I believe Frank really liked Jimmy. And they had a friendship and knew each other's families and all of this other stuff. Now, Frank Sheeran was in World War II and he spent over 400 days in combat. I believe the typical amount of days at that time of being in combat was like 100 Um, 130, something like that. But he spent over 400 days, I think consecutively. I don't think he went home on leave. I think it was 400 days, like in a row. And he didn't want to leave. He wanted to stay. The, The unit that he was with were named the Killers. Now, I mean, you're in a war. If you are in a war doing what you're supposed to be doing, to be with a unit called the Killers says a lot, okay? Like, they must have really enjoyed doing their job. Okay, so that's a little bit about Frank. So you can imagine, he he must have um, had a very dark heart to be able to do something like that. And... uh, spent all those days in the war. And I know that um, World War II, well, all wars are brutal. But when you think about the lack of technology and the face-to-face type of uh, combat and hand-to-hand back in those days, you had to have really acquired a pretty dark heart, wanting to stay and continue killing. Okay. Now, Jimmy Hoffa was a union, a labor union, I can't even read my writing, a labor union leader who was president of the International Brotherhood of Teamsters from 1957 to 1971. He was very popular with the, the Teamsters. People used to wear pins with his face on them because they were proud of their lead, their union leader. 
Okay, so Jimmy Hoffa disappeared on July 30th, 1975. No one knew what happened to him. Now, I did watch, it was a long movie. I did watch the movie called The Irishman. And, you know, a lot of it is um, like speculation. Apparently, when Frank Sheeran was getting ready to pass away, he wanted to confess and tell about the things that he had done because he wanted to, you know, he, he didn't want to go to hell. He wanted to confess his sins. And he confessed them to a Catholic priest so that he could have absolution. But anyhow, they found evidence, the police found evidence in a house, and they knew that someone had been killed there, but the evidence had been tainted. They messed it up. The blood samples, everything, they they just trampled all over it, messed it up, even though in those days they didn't have DNA, but you know, they would take samples and keep samples for in the future for maybe they would have a way of determining who the person was at a later date. But um, they couldn't they couldn't salvage anything because it was ruined. No one knew where the body was. And even to this day, it's still speculation. Because you can't know for sure unless you can come up with it. So um, all that we can gather from that movie, The Irishman, from other movies, from reading, is that um, Frank, okay, Frank Sharon says, that Jimmy Hoffa was going to be going and having a meeting with some other guys and they asked Frank to go and they also told Frank that he had to kill Jimmy Hoffa. I don't believe Frank really wanted to, but he had to because either he killed Jimmy or they were going to kill him or maybe even his family. You know, they kill his family and let him live. So he was given no choice in this whole thing. So he said that he shot Jimmy twice. As soon as they went into the house, he shot Jimmy twice in the back of the head. He doesn't know what happened to the body because he was not part of the removal. All he was there for was as the assassin. So this is what has been said now. And this same story has been said by quite a few people. Before I get to that, I want to tell you something. A few years ago, I was watching this guy on TV and I really don't have very much uh, interest in the whole mafia thing. But it was this guy who had been in the mafia and They were asking him questions first about John Kennedy. And then they asked him a question about Jimmy Hoffa. And he said, 
All I can tell you is that they will never find Jimmy's body. He's like, I, I don't even worried about that. There's no way they will never find his body. So when he said that, I was thinking this has to be just so, I mean, either they jettisoned him into space or they just turned him to ashes. So with that being said, there are more than a few people who have said that after Jimmy was killed, they took him out of the house and they took him to, let me see if I wrote that down in my notes. Um, well, of course I didn't. Well, they took him out of the house and they took him to someplace at the time they were building the Detroit Renaissance Center. Okay? So they took him to some place where they incinerated him and they put the ashes and what was left of the bones in a 55-gallon drum and they took it over there where they were building the Renaissance Center and dumped it in one of the deep pits there. So after that, you know, they filled it up with concrete and everything and they built the Renaissance Center right on top of it. Well, we really don't know. And there's really no way of finding out how true this is because the Renaissance Center is a landmark there and they cannot dig up a landmark i mean it they would almost have to move heaven and earth to be able to dig this thing up so no one is going to do that it's pretty much of a lost cause it's like trying to sue city hall you know even worse, though, I think Sioux City Hall might be easier. So anyhow, there are also, besides all this, there is a, a story about there was this uh, mob boss who was entertaining, having some kind of party, whatever, at this Renaissance Center there in Detroit. And he was uh, showing, I guess, some of the attendees around and they walked out into a path and they were looking at this place because I could imagine it was probably very beautiful. And he said, oh, by the way, you're standing on, you just uh, stood on Jimmy Hoffa's grave. And, you know, and then he laughed about it and that was that. Now, there are also a couple of things that I want to tell you about. There are, when I was looking into all of this, there were two separate places of where they said that um, he was killed, where the house is that he was killed in. One of them is, um, it's in Detroit, in a small little suburb of Franklin Village. But then, as I continue to read and read other articles and stuff, more recently, it is said that the house where he was killed is actually 
in a place called Bloomfield Hills, which is also in Michigan. I don't know which is the real place. Just like I don't know if Jimmy's really under the Renaissance Center. It sounds good and it makes sense to me when someone can just come out and say, oh, man, they're never going to find his body. Mm-mm. That makes sense to me. And I guess even if they were able to dig some of that up, I guess it's so deep down there encased in concrete and cement, it might not ever be found. Not only that, but all of the players in this murder or disappearance, whatever you want to call it, all of the players are pretty much gone now. So would it really matter? Maybe to his children. I'm sure that his children, Jimmy Hoffa's children are still alive. But um, maybe you find this interesting. The thing about it that I find interesting is that there's no end to the story because there's no proof. It's just, uh, you know, left for us to maybe look into, maybe say yay or nay, I believe it, I don't believe it. And it's um, probably not the last time I'm going to, you know, just get that curiosity and think, oh, I'm going to read about this some more. I'm going to look into this some more. I will tell you that that movie, The Irishman, is so long. I think I watched it in two or three days. I could only watch like so much at a time. So it took me like two or three days to watch the whole thing. And it really leads you to believe otherwise a little bit because there's one part where it shows like a, a wood chipper. You know, people are cutting the trees down and putting them in that chipper. So it kind of, at that point, le- leads you to believe that, oh, they put him in a wood chipper. Well, I think that would have been a little too messy and there would have been too much left around for people to see. So I believe that he was incinerated. And I do know that, um, well, maybe not now, but back then in the 1970s and even as recent as the mid to late 80s, that the incinerators that they use to cremate people after they die, they do not incinerate all of the bone. There are still bone fragments left after incineration. So what they have to do is put those bones in like, in other words, like this giant blender thing, like this giant bone processor to just go ahead and turn those into a fine powder. So the whole wood chipper thing is, no, I don't think so. I think they had to just turn him completely to ashes. If you find it interesting, it might be something you want to read about when you're bored or, you know, maybe you don't want to read about it at all. I just thought I'd put it out there because it's kind of mysterious, you know. It's kind of like, yeah, it was a long time ago that this all happened. But um, so were a lot of things. 
All right. Well, I hope you found that at least a little bit interesting. I just wanted to change it around a little bit. And the next thing um, that I want to tell you is that a lot of people, we've already talked about this, they have um, experiences and they don't want to talk about them until one day they might just um, maybe, with me, it seems like maybe one day somebody will just seem like they trust me and um, they want to tell me about something that happened to them. Well, what happened to me is I just ask people, you know, I mean, not just strangers, but I just ask people that I know, oh, uh, you know, wherever you lived, wherever you lived when you were growing up, anything strange ever happened because depending on their age, for example, I know that like in the late 60s, there were a lot of um, people who said that they saw UFOs, which doesn't always mean like some kind of alien spacecraft. All it means is that it's unidentified. You don't know what it is. And I remember one of my um, brother's friends, this is when, you know, maybe like in the 80s, I remember him saying that when he was a kid in like the late 60s, he remembers seeing something flying in the air and it was kind of um, a little bit shaped like a cigar kind of and he said it was brown like a paper bag color and him and a whole bunch of the other kids saw it and he said that they ran home and they ran to go and you like tell their parents and their parents even made phone calls to I don't know who maybe the police department or or somebody at that time and um, they said that oh yeah it's a weather balloon I'm going to tell you something. I never have seen a weather balloon. And just the thought of it, I'm not saying that they didn't exist or they don't, but just the thought of it seems so, you know, archaic, just so crude. What in the world would a weather balloon be doing at maybe, oh, I don't know, 50 feet, 60 feet off the ground? Like maybe flying right above like a a tree? So I I don't know, but anyways, it seems like later on in life, people will maybe come out and tell you things. And the more maybe they talk to me, the the more that I feel that they um, may trust me because I will tell them some of my experiences. Yeah, I know I sound like a crazy person, but this really happened to me and so on and so on. Well, I had mentioned a couple of things that happened to me one time to this person that I'm acquainted with. And last week, he came by and I knew that he wanted to tell me something because you know the way that people get that look on their face. And he said, uh, hey, you know when you're telling me about about weird things that have happened and if anything happened to me ever like when I was a kid or growing up or anything? And I said, yeah. And he said, um, there's something that happened to me when we first moved to Marietta. Him and his wife bought a brand new house in Marietta in 1998. 
and he says that they had some people over for a barbecue and it was in the summertime and everybody was out there having a good time and all this and that and that was at a time when his kids were little you know and everybody's running around and just you know people came over and brought their kids and so on he says that he was barbecuing and he went to go and sit down and talk with everyone you know while he's manning the queue and keeping an eye on his queue and he said the next thing he knows he was waking up in the backyard sitting on his chair and it was dark and he was like what the f where is everyone what happened so he got up and he went in the house and his wife was in bed and he's like hey get up where where is everyone and she's like what are you talking about and he's like we were having a barbecue i was barbecuing where did everyone go he doesn't drink this guy used to drink a long time ago but he doesn't drink and at that time he was not drinking either he hasn't drank in a long time and his wife looked at him like i don't know what you're talking about he said that there was no trace of anyone ever being in the backyard ever having a barbecue he went and opened his barbecue looked at it nothing and even his kids were like oh are you okay yeah he was like you know what no one can tell me that i did not have a barbecue that day but that's what they're telling him he doesn't know what happened and that's one of the strangest stories i think that anyone's ever told me as far as uh, mysterious how in the world would you feel that's just like you know you're having a you're out in the backyard talking with one of your friends and it's a nice sunny day and the next thing you know you're waking up still sitting in your chair and it's dark nobody's around no trace of anyone ever being around he said there wasn't even a cup nothing not even a uh smoldering charcoal in the barbecue nothing he said it's like i dreamed it he's like it's like if i would have went out in my backyard and sit in my chair and go to sleep and dream it he's like but i know it happened i know we had people over so and when this happened he was in the military he was active duty military he said i didn't want to say anything to any of the guys that i invited and no one ever came up to him and said, "Hey, you know, we had a good time at your house on Saturday, whatever." He said nothing was ever said. He said, "I've been feeling like um I'm going he said not crazy, but I've been feeling so intimidated by this experience because I don't know where to take this. I don't know where to go with it." Now when he told me this it was um getting to be evening you know it was starting to get dark I was sitting outside and so I really didn't have too much time to go into this I mean as far as um 
looking into it and even thinking about it. I haven't had too much time to really think about this experience. But it is something that is pretty unexplainable and it's pretty extraordinary, I think. So I'm hoping that I'll be able to maybe um, dig into this story, into this subject and see what I can come up with. And if any of you have any thoughts about it, you can always email me with your thoughts on it or if you have had something similar. Because I start thinking, man, have I had anything like that or even close to anything like that ever happen? Well, there was one time, but it's not because um, it was any type of experience, a strange experience, but there was one time when I woke up on the porch in my front yard, but it was because my sister and I had went to the club the night before and I was taking off my shoes on the porch and the next thing I knew I was waking up and the sun was coming up so but you know that's just I'm just being um silly right now but anyhow no I have nothing that's ever happened to me like that that's that's pretty strange but anyways you can always contact me at maybe underscore maria at outlook.com and um I will definitely answer you back. I answer everyone who emails me. And um, if there's anything that you want to hear, let me know, okay? I'm going to probably not be able to get back until Monday. Oh, I'm supposed to. um, You know what? It might be Friday. Maybe. But Monday will probably be the, the day. Anyways, I wish all of you a Merry Christmas. And I will be talking to you soon, okay? Everybody take care. Merry Christmas. Ciao.